0: Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony.
1: I'm Dinah Roe Roberts, a commercial and finance executive,
0: and I'm Mia Northrop, a
1: user experience designer, researcher, and writer. This is our second episode about decluttering and today we'll be talking about our own decluttering journeys and giving you our top five tips. Hello and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. I mentioned in our last episode about decluttering that I've always had a pretty clean house and I think it's probably because I grew up in a very clean house. But sorry mum, although your house is immaculately clean, your cupboards are secretly stacked with things you don't use and you probably never will. So your parents are still in your family home where you spent your childhood, right? Uh, I guess we moved into that house when I was in high school, so they have still you know, been there for quite a long time.
0: Yeah, we moved to house quite a few times growing up. So I grew up in Perth and we would have moved house four or five times there and then moved to Melbourne and I've moved house a couple of times here. I've lived overseas several times. And my parents have never been particularly sentimental or attached to items. They kind of love a makeover. They love changing up the furniture. My partner, his family has lived in the same five bedroom house for his entire childhood. They're still there. It's got a double garage, it's got a workshop. An attic, and they really had little need and few triggers to discard things. So clutter is very much I am the beholder in their in his eyes. If there's room, it's okay. But I feel like if you're not using it, or you don't like it, or it's
1: obsolete, it's got to go. Yeah, my mum in particular finds it really hard to let go of those sentimental items, and and I've spent some time trying to encourage her to rid herself of things she she never uses and. I did see something once that really resonated with me and I tried to use on her, but unsuccessfully, which is kind of a story, particularly around those sentimental items, like if you've got a vase and you think, okay, why is this vase important to me? Well, so-and-so Uncle John say he gave it to us for a wedding gift. So think about, well, why did he give it to you? Well, he probably gave it to you because he thought it would look nice. He thought you could put flowers in it and probably because he needed to buy you a gift for your wedding. And he thought that this gift would make you happy. So does it still fit that purpose for what it was bought for? Does it still, do you still use it to put flowers in? Is it actually still beautiful? Does it make you happy? And would throwing it away make you forget Uncle John? Would Uncle John even care if he got rid of it and would Uncle John actually even remember that he ever gave it to you? And I think in most cases, probably not.
0: It's uh, funny. I have a friend down the road and a couple of times I've gone to her house and I'm like, oh, Nicole, love those ceramics. They're gorgeous. And she's like, Mia, you gave them to me. And I've done that on a number of occasions. You can let
1: go of those gifts, people. You definitely can. But I, I definitely still had that someday mindset that if something wasn't broken and a bit like your partner, if you had space for it, you should keep it. And I think because we have quite a lot of storage and pretty busy life since we've had children, I've also had that mindset of sort of paying to make it go away. So buying things really quickly to solve a problem rather than trying to repurpose it or thinking about the long-term implications. And so I have found myself becoming my mother, having cupboards full of clutter that has crept up on us. Yeah.
0: So I think decluttering for me is sort of it's a two-part process. The first part is about reducing the inflow of stuff and being a better gatekeeper of what's coming into the house and trying to avoid buying new stuff. And I've actually been on a bit of a quest. I've set myself a one-year quest where I'm gonna not buy myself any new clothes or shoes or homewares, which is my like guilty pleasure. I'm about 5 months in. And to help me do this, I've pretty much stopped using social media. I don't look at Pinterest. I don't look at interior design magazines. It's too, there's just too many FOMO and consumerist triggers. And I've really found that I've disengaged from shopping. I kind of, I only go to the stores wanting to buy something for the kids or, you know, we run out of something that's really necessary. But disengaging from shopping and not even sort of tapping into the images of it has made a big difference to me, being happier, I kind of feel like I'm appreciating what I have a bit more. I don't feel that tug to upgrade all the time. And my house is pretty organized. It's not necessarily clean, but it's tidy. And I've systematically gone through cupboards and rooms to toss anything that's broken or we've grown out of or things that are duplicated or in love. But I'm definitely still also working on getting things out the door.
1: I've also become a much better gatekeeper. Uh, Yesterday evening, I actually went to a a Tupperware party. Did you know that they still exist? So thanks, Gillian, for inviting me. (laughs) so I went because I wanted to buy one particular item that I um, had used a lot and had been lost by one of my children so I went along to the Tupperware party and when I bought something the Tupperware lady she's a pretty good saleswoman she's like doing the hard sell on oh if you buy this you can get it for half price and all of and I I was so firm now no I only came here to buy this one item I don't need any of those other things I'm not going to get sucked into the sales mentality And when I recently had some time off work, I actually had realised that our cupboards had reached that tipping point and they really needed just to be completely decluttered. So I went space by space, sort of room by room um, and went through every cupboard and storage place to declutter and completed, I guess, a round one. I still now think I need to do a round two, which will be much easier because things are now much more organised. But it's going to be a work in progress for me. It's a big change in mindset. And certainly the children's rooms continue to be a really big challenge.
0: Right. I'm working on the outflow of stuff. And I think I feel like all of the kind of junky stuff is gone, but we still have lots of things that are in excess and used rarely. We've got too many vases and they just stare at me. And I just feel sad that I don't have flowers in them in every room. But, you know, that's expensive. And that flower water smell is... Like kryptonite. So, I have a laundry full of empty vases. We've got so many blank notebooks. We get given notebooks and we are into our stationery, but there's only so many notebooks you can use in a year, especially in this digital era. We are drowning in craft supplies. We all have too many clothes, just too many clothes. We have cutlery. I have cutlery from my mum. Like from the 70s, the cutlery we used as a family when we were growing up. We got given cutlery for our wedding. We bought some nice cutlery. We've just inherited some beautiful bone cutlery that I like. I clearly love bone. I don't know. We have this um amazing Thai brass and wood cutlery set from my nana when she went to Thailand in like the 80s. It's the tackiest thing you've ever seen, and I love it. We never use it. I don't know how this is that's gonna be weird for me to go through that, but you know, we have too much cutlery. We have too many glasses. Just glasses for different size drinks and I don't know, when was the last time you had a shot? We have shot glasses still. We have port glasses. I we do like our alcohol well, <laughs> but we've got too many bed sheets, too many towels, and ironically, too many cleaning supplies. I find myself using vinegar and and bicarb soda for half the things these days, but I still have a, a laundry full of cleaning supplies. There's some stuff that I'm blind to because it's just been there for so long I don't even see it anymore. And then I've got like emergency versions of things and that's sort of like where the towels comes into it. I've got these guest towels. that (laughs) We've got four guest towels. We don't have guests that often. Now, when we do, it might be one or two people, this sort of idea of having
1: special occasion items that are never used. I'm going to rethink all that. Yeah, I had a big uh, clean out of my linen cupboard that felt great. I think I've still got a challenge with some of those more sentimental items, despite what me having said about uh, Uncle John and his vase. Um, And I think you need to have the right amount of time and headspace to to do that. And I think it's probably somewhat linked to my photo challenges, ongoing photo challenges, which will definitely be um, a bit of a work in progress, I think. I do think you also need to be careful that you're not too aggressive, because when I've gone through a, you know, a major decluttering, you can sort of have backlash from your family, and uh, it can then actually backfire on you.
0: Yeah, there's a massive change management aspect to this. You need to take people on the journey with you. I've had some <laughs> slammed doors and stony silences because of things that I've thrown out, that have really needed to be thrown out. But if it's not your stuff, yeah, you need to be gentle. So let's get into the nitty gritty diner of how to actually approach decluttering. Let's get practical. So what you need when you do the decluttering, you need a rubbish bag for things that have just got to go. You need a recycling bag for items that can be recycled. And you need a rehoming bag for things that just don't belong in that cupboard or room so things that belong elsewhere in the house you need a return bag for things that don't belong to you and you need a donation bag for things that you want to give to others or the op shop or otherwise pass on
1: and so when you're going through the process for items you think you want to keep you really need to ask yourself some key questions do i use it do i like it could i live without it and I think the most interesting thing is, you know, what is the worst thing that could happen if I got rid of it? And usually the worst thing that would happen is you might have to replace it.
0: Well, yeah, borrow it from someone perhaps.
1: What to do with the stuff that is too good for the rubbish bin? Quite a few options here. Obviously, you can give it to friends or family or neighbours. You could donate it to op shops, to childcare centres, to schools, to kinders, to libraries, to the toy library. And, of course, you can sell it. You can choose eBay or
0: Gumtree or Facebook Marketplace. There are auction houses for luxury items or anything that's
1: a fine design piece or a collectible. I I also use Facebook Marketplace to give things away for free and I also use Facebook groups to sell things. So there's often Facebook groups around uh, particular clothing brands, for example.
0: Yeah, I find in my neighbourhood there's a Facebook page to good karma page where people are giving stuff away and it's kind of made me rethink what is valuable things that I think oh I'm just gonna put it on the side of the road or chuck it out other people will gladly come and take it because they genuinely need it so it's don't feel guilty about getting rid of things because there are always people out there who are going to make better use of it than you have been. So, for this next section, we were going to run through our top five tips that we've personally found useful. Diana, would you want to make a start?
1: So, I think it's great to be able to start with some quick wins. I started with my linen cupboard, you know, a problem that you mentioned before, which had really been a problem in our house in that every time you opened it, things would fall out. And I kept so much linen I never used with that someday mindset, and in particular, old towels. And our whole family had acknowledged that once I did it, and it was really actually quite quick to do because I didn't have much emotional attachment to any of those items. It was just that someday mentality. So once I'd let go of that, Everyone in the family actually came and had a look at how great the cupboard looked, and everyone acknowledged quite quickly how much more efficient it was to be able to easily grab what you needed because there wasn't so much in the cupboard. So I think it's really great to start with something that will have a difference and that everyone will acknowledge that it's improved your family life.
0: Mm, excellent. Behold the lid cupboard. <laughs> My top tip is having a dedicated shelf where you can put your items that are going to go to the op shop or your hand-me-downs or things that you need to return to their owner. So for me, it's actually a shelf in my living cupboard. And the other thing, the other part of that that makes it easy is that you need to have a preferred op shop, a go-to op shop where you know you're going to take your stuff. And you need to identify some younger boys, girls, or whoever you're passing things down to so that it's not a constant decision about, oh, who should I give this to? Just pick a family, any family. It doesn't have to be ideal people. You know, ideally we'd all pass things along within our own families, but we don't see each other so often we live far away. There is a girl over the road who's two years younger than my daughter. There's a boy down the road who's a few years younger than my son. I just drop things off on their doorsteps. I don't even tell them. They just know it's me now. It could be toys. It could be clothes. It could be books. I just leave the bags. So find people that are convenient. Find an op shop that's convenient. Find a community Facebook page that's convenient and they become your go-to places when those shelves become full and it's time to get rid of the op shop donations or the hand-me-downs.
1: Yeah, I've got some great systems of how I've been giving things away, so I really agree with that one. My next one is really coming back to that whole idea of a bit of change management and needing buy-in from the other members of your family And I think that's really important for this change in mindset to be sustainable. So really, if you can get the family engaged in understanding why, what the benefits are of the decluttering. So you might even want to watch one of those TV shows with them or or watch some videos about the environmental impact of, of consumerism to explain why decluttering is going to be such a great thing to do. And try and get them involved in the process. You know, it's not easy to get kids motivated to declutter, but I really do believe it's much better than things just disappearing because I know that's what some of my friends do, they disappear toys. But if you do that, mm-hmm. the, the children don't really realise what's happening. And I think Christmas can be a great time to really instil in your children the, the thought about giving up old toys you know, to give to others who, who might not have so many toys and also to make room for any new ones that might arrive at, at Christmas time. And another way I've encouraged my family to get, you know, join me on the journey is to celebrate the benefits of it in terms of do something fun at the end of a decluttering or even use something that you find as part of that decluttering that you forgot you had, like a game that was stuck at the back of the cupboard when you've cleaned the cupboard out, Mm. use that game and play it and have some fun doing it.
0: (laughs) My number two is embracing the one-in, one-out rule. And I think a lot of people focus on that for clothes if they replace an item, of clothing, a dress or pants or jeans, they'll get rid of the old ones. But it really extends to everything across your house. Shampoo and conditioner is a big one. I don't know how many people out there could walk into their bathroom and there'd be three types of conditioner, two shampoos, a couple of different body washes because they've liked the smell of something or they're trying a new product, but they haven't got rid of the old ones. Running shoes, people can fall into that. Oh, I should just hang on to them because I might have to walk through a muddy field one day and these will come in handy. Bathers, if you buy new bathers, get rid of the old saggy baggies. You're never going to want to put them on ever again. Cushions, if you buy new cushions, get rid of the old ones. Cushions are a pain to store. Kitchen utensils, cosmetics, it can be really tempting to save the old ones but they just accumulate and you just need to master the discipline to enjoy the new thing and let go of the old thing
1: my next tip is to really remember that giving things away can actually create a lot of happiness i think that uh it's sometimes you that someday mentality it means that you don't want to get rid of things not only because you're worried about you know the value of them but about what's going to happen to them that might they might just go to landfill from an environmental perspective so and some things like old camping gear for example I thought it might be quite difficult to sell it at an op shop because it's a little bit tatty and a little bit dirty but for the right person it can be really useful so being creative about how to give things away As I mentioned before, I use the Facebook marketplace to give a lot of things away for free. But I also encourage my kids to sell some things on eBay and they really loved that Mm. process. They loved watching as people bid for auction items and they really, uh, of course, loved the the cash that they got as a result of it and used that to Mm. save things up to buy something much more meaningful. So I think that once you have some success of selling things or giving them away, it makes it much easier. So I encourage you to really give it a go, try various ways uh, to give things up away.
0: My third tip is to go through kids' toys and books and stationery and crafts and clothes pretty regularly. And I do that when I'm actually playing with them or reading to them or doing laundry. So when I'm sitting on the carpet next to the toy box pulling things out and they think I'm playing with them, what I'm really doing is looking at each item and thinking, is this broken? Have they grown out of this? And putting it behind me to suggest later that maybe we can let it go. Or I do, in fact, just disappear some things, particularly things that are just plastic crap that they've forgotten about. Bouncy balls. Bouncy balls seem to multiply in our house. They just go straight to the op shop. And I've been talking to the kids about learning to suggest to me when things are feeling too babyish. So if I'm reading to them, if we're trying to find a book at night time, for bedtime stories as i'm going through the bookshelf i'll be like oh should i read this or is this feeling a bit too babyish these days and often they'll say oh this is too babyish and i'll say oh should we give it to you know i'll mention some neighbor or let's we give it to someone and they're like yeah yeah give it away so i'll do that very, very regularly
1: and do it as i'm doing other things with them yeah i think it's a great one to it's almost clean as you go declutter as you go My next tip is um, to embrace, this is my husband's mindset of cost per wear, he calls it, or cost per use. This really means when you're buying something, make sure that you really need it. And if you do need it, research it a bit and buy the best and have less stuff, but good quality stuff that lasts for longer and is less likely to break or stuff that's more likely to have multi-purposes. I think when it's expensive, you're less likely to buy the, the wrong thing. And I think uh, Carly, who's one of the uh, hosts of the Straight and Curly podcast, she's really big into, into this idea of, you know, for example, buying one really good pair of winter boots and having them resold and keeping them for, for many years to come.
0: Yeah, the idea of just buying the best you can afford at the time rather than lots of little cheaper things that might not hold their values is a great, bit of advice. My fourth item is to toss expired and neglected pantry and fridge items when I'm doing that during my weekly meal planning and before I go shopping. There are an amazing number of jars that can lurk at the top of the fridge or in the back of the fridge or in the door of the fridge. Obviously you want to scan those items and chuck out things that have expired but also give yourself permission to toss out things that you know you're never going to use again. So you might have bought a particular ingredient for a certain dish. If that dish is not on your usual rotation, get rid of that weird sauce or that particular it's always sauces actually we seem to accumulate weird sauces and jars of strange pickled vegetables just throwing them out and same with the the pantry items things that have expired got to go but then yeah those are weird obscure ingredients or things that you don't like anymore that have just been there for too long chuck it out
1: and my final tip is someday never comes i used to keep a lot of things because someday it might be useful you know empty containers and jam jars are a really great example but really that day never comes the kids never really use those for craft and honestly if you really still do want to do a craft activity you can pick up just about any of that stuff that you need at the op shop or or make do with something else so I'm probably still a little bit on this journey but I am continuously you know trying to think that this someday it won't come and I really should just get rid of things in the moment. I bought my husband some jars a few years ago because he liked
0: making jams and pickling things. It was the stupidest gift I ever gave him. <laughs> I mean we we accumulate so many jars there's these particular brand of Polskyo Gorky cucumbers that we've been buying for 15 years. They have a great jar. It's a 500 ml jar with a nice lid. It's a nicely designed jar. We've been collecting them. I'd have maybe 40 of them because most of our pantry items are in those jars. And we go through one of those jars every two weeks. So at the very top of my cupboard, I have these beautiful Fowler's preserving jars that have never been opened because between these Polskyo Gorky jars and uh, that Meredith goat's cheese jar that's a nice, I <laughs> think there might be lots of listeners out there who know the jar I'm talking about. It's got a nice gold lid and squat and fat and it's perfect for, anyway. So my final fifth item is to store non-seasoned clothes shoes in those big Chinese plastic plaid bags at the top of my wardrobe. At the start of summer so when me easy into spring. I put all my heavy coats and gloves and scarves and jumpers and whatever into bags and I put the boots and the warmer shoes into bags. Some of it by the end of the season's just looking tatty and sloppy and I I throw it out. Some of it I've worn so much I never want to see it again and I will donate it. Everything else goes in the bag and chucked up the very top of the cupboard, which means in my wardrobe, it's just the things I'm going to wear that season. I can see my items more clearly. And the other benefit from this is that when I get it out a year later or six months later, I should say to change back, some of it I bring out. I'm like, Oh God, why did I keep this? Like I either don't like it anymore, or I can see with a bit more perspective that it doesn't look great anymore. It's too old. Or I can see that I've grown out of it and it has to go. So, this helps your wardrobe feel more spacious, creates more space, and also is another sort of trigger for reviewing what you're not wearing and
1: getting rid of some stuff. So, Mia, why do you think decluttering is so important?
0: Essentially, it's going to make you happier because you're going to have a better sense of control. You're going to feel calmer because your house is going to be more imbalanced. And you can also get that sense of altruism when you give things away to those that need them. I guess additionally, there's the whole greener lifestyle thing by reducing your consumption and increasing what you're reusing. And we'd love to hear from listeners. If you've got decluttering wins, if you've got tips or techniques, if you've got some breakthroughs that you want to share with us, Head to our Facebook page and post a comment or email us at hello at lifeadminlifehacks.com. So, Dinah we haven't talked about when you do this decluttering. Are there actually moments during the day or week or year that you tend to do most of this decluttering?
1: Well, I do think it can be really hard to find the time and it was previously on my to-do list, it was one of those items that continued to be there until I did have a few months off work and that really gave me the time to to tackle it in an intensive way and, you know, would like to, one of our listeners, Renee, you know, she posted a really lovely comment last week and, you know, she's talked about struggling to find the time To tackle this but I do think it's okay to be a journey and so you can really start where you might get the biggest benefit and just slowly work uh, through the decluttering
0: you know picking a room that's not too controversial like a bathroom is a good place to start where you're not going you can be quite cold cool and calm about what's got to go if there are moldy toys if there are just too many shampoos and conditioners or the towels as you mentioned pick a room that's going to get have a big wow factor for you personally.
1: And I also think it would be okay not to actually do the decluttering, but to even just start with the idea of not letting more clutter into your house because even making that decision about not letting more things come in can make a big difference.
0: For me, I'm usually pretty vigilant with the one-in, one-out approach, but I do make a concerted effort before birthdays. So if one of the kids' birthdays coming up or if my own birthday, I'll take a look at stuff and think, okay, we're about to get a new avalanche coming in. What can go? And then do the same thing after the birthday, because you might get a duplicate of something, a better version of something, and you can throw out the old one or give away the old one. Do the same thing before and after Christmas. And at the end of each school holidays, we seem to accumulate a lot of new toys, distractions, things that make everyone, uh, retain their sanity during the holidays and by the end of it there are things that are broken or finished and they can be let go of as well that wraps up our personal progress with decluttering stay tuned for our next episode which features an interview with professional organizers and tips for helping others declutter in the meantime try this episode's life hacks at home make a place in your home for things that need to be returned donated or passed on Identify convenient recipients of your donations or hand-me-downs to reduce constant decision-making and delay in delivery. And finally, choose a decluttering strategy and get started, even if it's just one item, 10 minutes, the fridge, the household socks and pajamas, or your car.
1: If you'd like to join us on our Life Admin journey, please head to our Facebook page, Life Admin Life Hacks, to follow us and share your thoughts on what we're doing. And feel free to post any comments or certainly post suggestions that we might be able to use. We hope to see you there.
0: Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. If you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app.